I think if everyone has the goal to inspire other people and themselves, that the world will get a little bit more better place, and especially in the horse world. And they see me playing with my horse and rearing up and everything. And they're watching me like, what the hell is she doing? Um, when I was younger, I, I got like ashamed. I always only played with my horses when I was alone at the stables. But right now, I just don't give a damn anymore. I have fun and everyone can hear that. Everyone, everyone can see that. Uh, so yeah, I will probably tell myself, never feel ashamed of having fun with your horses. Welcome to the Horsemanship Breakthroughs podcast, a source for riding and training insights with the goal of helping your horse be a happy, light and willing partner. I'm your host, Amalia Dempsey, a mainstream equestrian rider who discovered natural horsemanship. And now I help riders like you achieve connection and communication so you can have more fun and fulfillment whilst prioritizing partnership with your horse. Want to find out my horse training philosophy? Access the free connection and communication mini course at amaliadempsey.com. Now sit back, relax, enjoy the show and hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any future episodes. Welcome to episode 10 of the Horsemanship Breakthroughs podcast. I can't believe we're already up to episode 10. And I'm really excited to share with you this episode because I'm interviewing Romy from Equine Motions. She has an absolutely beautiful Instagram account. So I reached out to her and she said yes. And I'm really excited to share with you our really amazing, open and honest conversation about her getting over her fear of riding, about all of our different horses. We spoke about positive and negative reinforcement, the use of draw reins, um, the bits versus bitless debate, why she doesn't compete anymore. And Romy also answers some listener questions about her tips on building a relationship with a new horse and so, so, so much more. So I really want to jump into this episode, but before I do that, I just want to read a little bit about Romy so you can understand a bit of a background about her. So she says, my name is Romy and I am a writer with a purpose. Equine Motions was founded in 2014 and since then has grown with me in my experience with horses. Equine Motions has always been an expression of my passion. I was happy to share my experiences with my own horses online. The more I grew into this and became more aware of training, the well-being of horses and the power of body language, the more it became my goal to make other horse owners aware of this. I wish everyone the pleasure I experienced with my own horses, both in training and in care. Getting a bond with a horse is quite a task and I'm happy to support you in that. A horse's behavior always has a reason. By resting, reading the horse, translating it to the owner and giving the right resources to work on, I try to find the harmony between you and your horse. I do, do this through groundwork, but also under the saddle. If I've learned something from my six horses, it's that no horse thinks the same. Every horse has its own learning pace and every horse needs a listening ear. I follow one rule and that is have fun. Oh my gosh, reading that blurb about Rumi, I just think, yes, 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 that's everything that I agree with as well. That's everything that I'm all about. And if you're thinking that too, then you're going to absolutely love this episode. So let's dive in. Okay, welcome Romy to the Horsemanship Breakthroughs podcast. Thanks so much for being here. 
I'm so excited to talk with you today and I know that our guests will get a lot out of listening to you. So once again, thank you and welcome to the show. Well, thank you for inviting me. I'm super excited to join you. Can you tell us to start off with how you got into horses um, and what has led you to where you are today? Well, I got into horses when I was like uh, four years old. Uh, my mom is also into horses. Um, and when I was four years old, she uh, broke horses under the saddle. So she took me with her. And actually, she broke one horse on the saddle and his name was Ian. And eventually she bought him um, and we still have him. So um, from that moment, I actually always been around horses. And when I was eight years old, I got my own Shetland pony, Dora. And um, yeah, I started riding then and getting into more like the horse trading. And when I was 13 years old, I really started to uh, invest more time in things around riding and focusing more on the welfare of the horse um, besides training. Nice. And how old are you now? So from the age of 13 to now, what happened in that time? Oh, a lot. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I was um, like when I was 13 like 8 to 30 I was a very uh, rider with a lot of fear uh, so I was constantly thinking what if oh what if my horse spooks oh what if I fall off um, and it was so frustrating because I had such a, a big love for horses and I really want to ride and do my best but my fear stopped me in so many things um, so I think from 13 to 16 um, I started to do more groundwork and I actually felt so comfortable in groundwork that it, that comfort also, um, I took the comfort with me in the saddle, uh, after devol- developing myself in groundwork. Um, and the fear actually faded away from that time. And now I'm a super confident rider um i still know my limits i don't need to cross it because then i can come back into that fear i know that for myself um but yeah a lot of things happen in that period of time but i mostly develop myself a lot in horse behavior and how i can read them um so i don't have to think oh what if because i already most of the time know the answer before everything happens Yes, I think a lot of our listeners can relate to that because we've all had experiences with horses where we've realized, oh no, they actually are, or they can be quite dangerous. And I think it should give a lot of people hope that once you do start to get a relationship and when you do start to learn how to read your horse, it's actually a lot safer because you'll get a lot of signs before you even put yourself in those dangerous situations. So that's really nice to hear. Can you tell us what does a day in the life of Romy look like now? What a day in my life looks like. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, well, it's it's a little bit different than normal because uh, things are ob- obviously a little bit different right now uh, due to the coronavirus. Um, but my days never look the same. I can tell you that. <laughs> um, 
I have my horses at home. So when I wake up, the first thing I do is take care of the horses. I feed them. I take them out. And after that, I work from home. Um, so I do a lot of um, designing, um, like in corporate design. And I'm a photographer. Uh, so um, I try, well, my photography is a little bit off right now because I um, people don't like to do a photo shoot uh, because there are risks due to the coronavirus. Um, but I still try to develop myself in my free work with photography. So sometimes I spend time to that. But after work, I go into the stables again and train the horses. And that's mostly in the afternoon and the midnight. Um, and then I end my day with feeding the horses again, taking them in and mucking the stable. So yeah, really, my days are always filled with horses. Yes, that sounds good to me. I didn't know you were into photography and that explains why your Instagram is so beautiful. And I've also noticed on Instagram, you've got so many horses. Can you tell me about your horses and each of their personalities? Well, thank you for your compliment about the pictures. That's uh, always good to hear. Um, I have six horses. Um, uh, well, I already mentioned Ian before. Ian is an Irish cop um, from now, I think, 18 years old. He's a gelding. Um, Ian has a strong opinion in what he likes and what he doesn't like. Uh, well, opinion, I think it's more of a strong voice. And I love that, that he has that. Um, Ian is not a horse that likes to train dressage or very, train very hard in uh, the riding arena. But he's a perfect trail horse because he's so confident and never scared of anything. So he's a horse that I feel really safe with when I'm on the trail ride. There's not a moment that I think, oh my God, he can scare or uh, jump away. He's just super confident in his environment. And I love that about him. Um, second is Dora. Dora is a Shetland pony. She's a mare. And she's a mare. <laughs> so she has a very strong, strong character. Uh, a very big personality. Um, but because she has that strong personality and because she is a mare, she's also like a, a leading part of the herd. Um, she is always focusing on her surroundings, what is happening. And she really is enjoying life. And I love about, about her, I, I love that, that I can see from her that she really enjoys life and also the little moments. And she also taught me that, to look into the little moments more and spend may, way more time to that. Um, but she has a strong character. And if you can't give that time, she also won't open up to you. So she has a big wall around her. But as soon as you break through that, she's so such a sweet little lady. Um, and then I have Eastern. Um, he was the third horse we got. Eastern is a Connemara pony. Um, he is now 20, 22 years old. Um, he's a gelding. And also has a very strong opinion. He gave me some hard times in the past when I was younger. Um, but that taught me also so much. He's a really a schoolmaster in everything he does. 
super control over his body. Um, he has, how can I say that good? He has such a balanced mind. So there's not, there's not one second he doubts himself. He's so confident. And it also shows in dominance sometimes. Um, and he also likes to put me in the spot if I doing something wrong or I'm not feeling well and I'm pushing myself over my boundaries. So yeah, he's a great horse and I can't imagine life without him anymore because he taught me so much, not only in horses, uh, but also just in life. He gave me so many lessons. Um, and then I have Top Shot. Uh, Top Shot is a trotter, also gelding. Um, I think now 17 years old. Uh, we He came from the racetrack here in the Netherlands. Um, and he had a lot of issues when I met him. Um, and together with my mom, we made it our job <laughs> to give him a comfortable life again and to retire him. Um, he had food aggression. Um, yeah, he, riding him was impossible because he just went up with his head and went backwards instead of forward. Um, but that was all because I think he never had someone that took the time to understand him. He always got pushed to do something. And when he finally had people that gave him the opportunity to actually bloom... Uh, his personality, he changed completely. In the beginning, we couldn't touch him. We couldn't pat him on the head. Right now, you can cuddle with him for 30 minutes straight and he will sleep next to you. Um, he's such a sweet character and um, has a very big temperament. But what I love about him is that he can go from, from 100 to 0, um, but also the other way around. So he can switch from hot to very relaxed. So, um, yeah, I think he also, when he came to us, he didn't have a balanced mind. But right now, he's, he's far to there. Um, and he really grew as a horse, too. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, but I can't go on for hours about my horses. <laughs> so if I'm taking too long, I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, Sorry, that's fine. I'm exactly the same. <laughs> then I have Yakari, and um, Yakari is a crossbreed between a quarter horse and an Appaloosa. Um, and Yakari is actually the first horse um, that I chose on my own. Um, the rest of the horses are all always shared with my mom. She always uh, also went with me to buy a horse or to see a horse. And now it was just me on my own. Um, and I bought the character to really fit my character, my personality. And I always had a dream to educate a young horse with all the experience that I had from the other horses. Um, so when he came into my life, it was a very special moment. Um, and what... I actually love about him and why I bought him is because he's so sensitive but not in a way that he can go to a hot temperature or um, yeah get spooky or anything he stays relaxed but he's sensitive 
in like eight and um, you don't need to be boss. You can't boss him around because then he will shut down. And I'm exactly the same. So we match each other so well. Um, and he's super social. He's such a social horse. He will go to everyone. Even if he never met you, he will go to you. You need to color him. He won't back off until you pet him. Um, and he's very proud in what he does. So everything you do with him, even if I start with com something completely new, we always end it and he's like standing there proud that he did right. Um, so he's a very, he has a very high work, um, like he has a will to work. And, I, and that's something I really need because I also have a will to work. I never uh, feel, okay, now I'm done with training horses. I always want to do more. Uh, and he um, fits with that image. And lastly, I have Oliver. Uh, Oliver is a miniature horse. <clears throat> and he is a real, real terror pony uh, at the moment. <laughs> he is almost two years old. And um, his personality is uh, showing up. Every day he is here more. And he, is, he gives me a hard time every day um, with his behavior. Uh, but right now, he can just be young and play and be the terror pony he is right now. And when he turns three, four, I really want to work with him because it's a smart guy. He's a very smart little guy. And I can't wait to work with him and see how I can turn that smart into something very positive. <laughs> I love how they've each got their own personalities. Was it with Dora that you said that um, the little moments were really special? Was something special about the little moments? Was that with Dora? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dora's someone, a pony that really enjoys the little things in life. So uh, sometimes I see her standing outside in the morning and she's really enjoying the sun and just sleeping. And I don't know, I, I get so peaceful just watching her. Uh, enjoying her life amazing and also I noticed on your Instagram you've got in your um, bio it says aspire to inspire before we expire can you tell us about what this means to you yes I can um, I think if everyone has the goal to inspire other people and themselves that the world will um, get a little bit more better place um and especially in the horse world so my goal is to with my social media channels i have like instagram and facebook with equimotions um <clears throat> it's really a goal for me to inspire others before i can't anymore um so we are are all born with a voice why not use it in a good way and not in a defensive way um so yeah Aspire to inspire before we expire is actually that I aspire to inspire before I can't anymore. Um, and now I'm young and I can build a community or a following on Instagram. And because we have social media right now, it's very easy to inspire others. Um, 
So yeah, it's really a goal for me to when I write a caption on Instagram, even if it's just an update about me and the horses, other people can read it and be like, oh yeah, I want to try that too. Or um, yeah, she's right. Or uh, yeah, I, I think that's a good way of thinking. Or yeah, just just any way of inspiring others is such a good feeling for me. Yes, absolutely. And that's the whole intention behind this podcast and connecting with people like yourself. So that's awesome. I definitely agree with that. Now, the next thing that I'd like to ask you is, do you compete or have any ambitions of competitive riding with horses? I used to do compete, but um, I got so fanatic um, in competing. I don't know how it is in Australia, but right here in the Netherlands, you uh, write uh, certain points and then you can go on to the next level um, and I trained very hard with Eastern in a period of time um, but I actually I I hated the stress around competing I the the way of making my horse look good the training and uh, when you went to the competition you needed to travel with your horse it just didn't fit me um, and also didn't fit me as a rider because competing made me so fanatic in riding um, that I also forgot so many things around horses in general because I was so focused on getting better in riding. Um, so yeah, I don't compete anymore. And I think that's fine for me. Um, but I do try to set goals for me that are, um, yeah, that I can work towards to um and grow as a horse person also my horse themselves yes and i think we see that a lot in people who go through this journey and want a better connection with their horses perhaps they've come from a competitive background and then they discover this new way of being with horses and then suddenly they start to question whether competing is really something that they want to put both themselves and their horses through which brings me to the next question what do you think makes a happy horse? Oh, so many things. Um, I think the first one is that they need a listening ear. Um, <clears throat> so if you're not willing to listen to your horse, you will also see that in the behavior of them. Um, just like as protest or rearing or bucking or just anything. Um, unmotivation. Uh, so I think you really need to listen to your horse to make them happy. And also um, their feedings, their environment they're living in. Are they um, living in a herd? Are they living alone? Are they stable a lot? Um, there are so many aspects around having a happy horse. Yes, yes. And your answer is very similar to uh, a recent podcast episode we did with Asia, where we highlighted the three Fs. I don't know if you're familiar with them, freedom, forage and friends. So yeah, I think it's important that not only do we think about how our horses are when we're with them, when we're training, but also how are they when we're not there? How are their living conditions? It's so important for their physical and their mental health. Yes. I'd like to know from you, how would you summarize your own personal training approach or philosophy when it comes to training horses? Oh, such a hard question. Um, I'm very open-minded when it comes to training horses. So um, I don't like to use one method 
on all the horses. Uh, I think every horse has their own personality. And you need to match that uh, with them. And how you train. How do you approach them. Um, and I think patience and time is very important in training. Um, I never be like, okay, this month I'm going to teach them this. And they need to get that this month. Um, because it doesn't work. Not every horse is a fast learner. Uh, not every exercise um, yeah, goes fast. You really need to take your time, ob- observe, sometimes take a step backwards instead of forward. Uh, take very small steps. Divide everything. Um, so yeah, I don't really follow a training method or anything. It's just me doing something and hoping it works. Um, but I like to observe uh, the horse language and actually use how they would uh, community communicate with each other. Like how would they tell them? like how to back off in a herd. Um, So yeah, I really like to use that in my training as well. So how would they do it in the wild? Yes, that makes sense. And even though you don't follow a method right now, have you followed any methods in the past or, you know, who sort of taught you to be so great with horses? Was it your mom that taught you? Did you have some instructors or did you learn online? How was it that you got to be so good? Oh, well... My mom actually wasn't familiar with uh, groundwork at all, like how I do it with circling. and um, But really, I, I don't know how I did it. I just watch videos online of other people working with their horses. Just um, There was a time that we all uh, uploaded music videos on YouTube. Um, and I think then I realized, okay, I really want to do something with groundwork. And... I tried to figure it out on my own. And I know I watched some old videos of Warwick Schiller on YouTube. And um, oh, I forgot his name. Clinton Anderson, I think. And now I look back and I think, oh my God, no. That's totally not the way how I should do it. Um, but I think there were the big names on YouTube at that moment. Like Clinton Anderson and Warwick Schiller. Um, that shared so much about groundwork um and eventually i did completely another thing on my own because uh clinton anderson can sometimes be a little bit harsh you know in how we approach horses um and that works for him so completely fine but um it didn't work for me uh so i did something completely different and eventually i started to do um uh, some liberty around it and that worked um and right now i'm still doing that and also teaching others how to do that and it actually surprises me how much horses react good to just listening to them and um reading their body language because i think a lot of people forget how important it is to read your horse and take your time to read them and not rush through a training 
Yes, absolutely. And I think what you've just said has highlighted the magic of online learning, but also the, I guess, uh, recognition that everyone's on their own journey. And even though Clinton Anderson does what he does, it works for him and it probably works for thousands of his followers. And uh, everyone has a choice as to how they want to be with horses and it's always evolving. So, and I also like how you've sort of taken influence from different areas and then kind of made your own flavor of horsemanship. I think that's a really nice. Um, I would like to know, what advice do you think people should ignore when it comes to horses? Well, I love this question. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I think there are a lot of people that are trying to push other people in a certain direction how they should train their horse. Um, and I think there is mostly forgot about that not every horse likes the same training method. And um, like if you watch positive reinforcement, it's all over Instagram and Facebook. And that's the way how to. And I think it's a great method. Method. Um, um, if you use it correctly and that some horses really, really do a good job on it. Um, but not every horse does. And I think some people really need to understand that, for example, negative reinforcement is not as bad as people sometimes describe. Um, so my advice and, well, advice... That's a little bit stupid to say with this question because you just <laughs> said, why would you not? Um, but um, <laughs> I, think, I think people should ignore other people trying to push them in a certain direction. Um, mm. So, yeah, I think that's something that people do a lot, on, especially on social media. Yes, I see that a lot as well. And you know what? I'm probably guilty of that because I remember a time when I first discovered a better way of being with horses and I wanted to tell everyone and I wanted to push all my friends to do it. And quite honestly, my friends were not ready for that. So sometimes even though you've found what you think is a better way, other people aren't ready to hear that yet. And that's okay. Once again, everyone's on their own journey. So is there something that you once did with horses that you now no longer do? And why is that? Yes, I think everyone has them. Um, if you're growing as a, in horses and your experience with horses, that also means that you are going to make mistakes. Um, and in the period of time that I was competing and very training very fanatic, um, Eastern eventually told me, no, this is not, you're going too fast. You need to take your time. You're going too fast. Uh, I don't like this anymore. And he showed that with protesting. He reared up uh, constantly. And that was super frustrating for me at that time. And because I was a rider, still had a little bit of fear. Um, his acting, like the rearing up, made me scared again. And that showed in frustration. I got mad at him. I cried. Um, I got off. Didn't end it well. Eventually, I told my trainer, um, you get on it, you fix it. And I just walked away from the problem, um, which didn't help, of course. It stayed the problem. He still worked up when I mounted him. 
Um, then my trainer told me, why don't you try draw rings? And looking back at that now, I want to put, I want to punch myself in the face because the only thing I did by adding draw rings, he, he stopped rearing up. But when I took off the draw rings, Eastern immediately reared up. I was just covering up the problem with the draw rings. Um, so yeah, that's something that I won't ever do again. And I actually threw away the draw rings that I owned um, and I will never buy them again. Um, and also with lunching, I don't think you need them. I think it's only covering up a problem that is there that you are not willing to look at because maybe it's a sensitive area for yourself. Yes, I embarrassingly think I was about 13 when I first used draw reins on a horse and I cringe to think about that now. I just think, why did I go there? But, you know, I was only young and I was being guided by other people. So, yes, we've all done things that we regret. Yeah, and you, of course, also, um, you listen to your trainer. If your trainer says, okay, try draw reins, then the problem disappears. Then you're like, okay, yeah, uh, you trust that person. Uh, I don't train uh, with her. She's not my trainer anymore. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. But I'm sure she also taught you some good things as well, right? Yeah, obviously. Yes, yeah. So what is something that you believe is true that a lot of horse people would disagree with? Um, I think having young horse, like a young horse when, a, when they're still like two, one and two, People are putting them away in a younger herd um, until they're ready to go under the saddle. Um, I don't agree with that. I think a young horse should grow up in a herd with young horses and older horses um, to teach them how to socialize in a herd, uh, how to back off when they need to. Older horses are so important for the harmony in the herd Um, I think a lot of young horses miss that and I think if you keep your horse in a um, herd with a lot of priority in age and breeds and uh, characters that a horse will also have a step forward in training uh, when it's young. Yeah and it's surprising a lot of studs do do that I wonder if they do it just I don't know, for logistic reasons, they just put all their young stock together when you'd think it'd be make more sense anyway to have older horses that can kind of teach that horse how to, you know, respond to pressure and release appropriately and that sort of thing. Yeah, uh, I think they do it because they think, okay, we need young horses because then they can play together and um, especially stallions, um, they play a little bit rougher, but a gelding, also played that before when it's older it can still take a stallion um but people are just very yeah how do you say that they are very um careful with young horses Mm. they're like diamonds they need to treat them oh okay we put them with young horses because then they can play and be rough with each other um but no, I think priority in age in a herd is very important, especially with young horses. Mm, definitely. Yes. And this is on another topic, but I'm interested to know what your thoughts are on the bits versus bitless debate. Controversial, I know, but oh. it's interesting to talk about. 
Um, well, if you look at my Instagram uh, or any uh, my Facebook or anything, then you will see some very scary bits. Um, so I am ob obviously not pro-bitless or uh, anything. I think everyone should do what fit, uh, fits their best and their horse. Um, I think not every horse, just with training methods, you really need to look what does my horse needs. I already see someone riding with a bit uh, on two pinkies and a very soft contact and seeing that same person ride bitless with a very harsh hand because their horse won't react good to it. Um, so yeah, I think it, it's it's about the horse and the people that are, is riding, uh, the people that is riding the horses and yeah, I just think everyone should do what feels good for them. Um, and I think it's an endless discussion. Absolutely. But I think that's a really good answer. What horse-related purchase has most positively impacted your life in the last 12 months? Well, I have a quite obsession with tack. I love bridles. I love saddles. I love everything. Um, and since 2018, I'm collecting bridles and different sort of saddles. Uh, from different styles and I own four styles right now and in 2020s I think a couple months ago I bought a Dober and Partner Amaranth saddle uh, it's an old school saddle uh, well it's not old but it's designed like an old school saddle um, I think the 16th century um, and it actually gives me so much more insights to develop my seat differently um, because you're not sitting in the saddle you're really sitting on the saddle and you're not stuck in a sort of position um, so the first time I got on my legs were wobbling everywhere and uh, right now it really helped me to get a better seat so yeah I really love that purchase and I'm glad that I did it it's so nice when you find a saddle that you absolutely love. It makes all the difference for both you and the horse. Now I'd like to know from you, if you could have dinner with any three horse people, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Well, I found this such a hard question um, because I barely have people that I look up to um, uh, because I don't want to take over someone's work. And that's something that happens quickly when you look very up to someone. You want to do the same as them. So I try not to do that. But I, of course, have people that inspire me. Um, so definitely Warwick Schiller. Because I think the journey he made in horsemanship is incredible. And I can learn so much from that. I love listening to his podcast. Um, and I also absolutely adore Alice from May. Um, I watched her live one time and I, I was just in awe about what she did with her horses. It was incredible. So I would love to talk about the combination dressage and liberty, what she does. And I think Arne Kutz because he is a historic writer. Um, and I think we can learn so much from the old ways of horse riding um by now it's everything has got so more modern but the basics of historic riding are so interesting so i would love to talk about that with 
those people. That would definitely be an interesting dinner conversation between yeah. the four of you. <laughs> now, if you could turn back the time and talk to yourself maybe 10 years ago, what would you tell yourself and why? Yeah, I will go for it 10 because 20, I wasn't born yet. Um, um, well, um, I think I would say to myself that I should never feel ashamed about having fun with my horses. Um, I still have sometimes that my neighbors are very competitive riders, um, completely different world than what, uh, what I'm doing. Um, so sometimes when you're working with your horse in my riding arena, they peek through the stables from their horses and they see me playing with my horse and rearing up and everything. And they're watching me like, what the hell is she doing? Um, when I was younger, I, I got like ashamed. And I always only played with my horses when I was alone at the stables. But right now I just don't give a damn anymore i have fun and everyone can hear that everyone everyone can see that uh so yeah i will probably tell myself never feel ashamed of having fun with your horses that is so beautiful and such a good message for people to hear because you know i've i've been there where i'm a little bit almost embarrassed about what i'm doing i mean i'm totally owning it now but a lot of people especially when they first start to experiment their friends start to go, oh, what is she doing? That's not normal. But really, it's the way it should be. So it's so nice to hear that from you. And I know that you are kind of experimenting yourself without taking, without being coached by anyone in particular. Um, but I'd like to know how you're continuing to learn about horses and what you're currently studying, if there's anything. Uh, well, my goal right now is to teach as much, as much as possible uh, to get more experience with different kind of horse personalities and also personalities from people. Um, because I think that is teaching you so much. Um, you can read so much in books and everything, but I think experience is the key in horse training. Um, so yeah, my goal is to really get more experienced uh, than I'm already that I'm already have um, but right now I'm not studying anything uh, I just gradu graduated my own education and I'm not planning to do so but if something comes on my path I'm willing to take the chance to develop myself in a study Sometimes it's nice to be in that place where you're not necessarily studying anything, but you're just experimenting with your own horses and your own methods. And it's so true what you said about you learn a lot teaching. I've done a lot more teaching in the past 12 months, and I feel like I've learned so much when I'm just explaining to my students what it is that I do. And I go, oh, yeah, I do do it that way. So, yeah, you definitely learn a lot teaching. What's that saying? It's something like, um, something along the lines of you, in order to know something really well, you need to teach it to someone else. Yeah, because then you know how to also tell other people it because that's very difficult when you teach. Sometimes you face a problem with a student and then you're like, okay, how am I going to tell this person how we can fix it? And in the beginning, I was really thinking and oh my God, I don't know. And then I was also like, sorry, but... I, I don't know how to explain it to you, but you need to do it like this. Um, but 
over the time you learn how to express yourself. Yes, absolutely. And I think a lot of those people who are really good with horses, if they don't teach, years will go by and suddenly they don't actually know how to explain what it is that they do because it's all off of feel. So yeah, it's really interesting. So if your horses could talk with words, what do you think they would say to you and what would you like to say to them? Oh my God. Um, Well, I actually wrote this down because, um, yeah, Um, I would tell them that I'm very happy with them in my life and I'm utterly grateful um, that they also like living with me as what I see um, and that I love them absolutely much. Uh, it sounds very cheesy. <laughs> it's such a cheesy answer. Um, and what would they say to me? Um, I hope they would answer that last question. Um, do they love me? With a positive answer. Um, so I I hope they are just as grateful as me for having them in my life. That's such a beautiful answer. I often think about what would I answer to that question if I was interviewing myself and I, yeah, I was the same. I, I think I just love my horses to know that I love them and I want them to tell me that they love me. We've got a few questions here from some listeners. I put a story up earlier asking if anyone would like to ask you some questions. So we've got some last minute ones. Um, they are. So this one's really good. What are your tips for forming a relationship with a new horse and learning to understand them? Um, what I did when uh, Yakari came into my life, um, I really took my time to just sit with him. I just sit in his stable, in the pasture, um, and let him get used to my energy on different days. Um, And in the beginning, I actually didn't ask him too much. Like, uh, I didn't ride him. The only thing we did was play and have fun with each other and get to know each other in a very, very basic way. Um, So... I never asked him too much in the beginning. And after we knew each other and I trusted him to sit in the pasture without a horse constantly being in your face or anything, uh, then I started to do groundwork and really took it to the whole beginning. Even though he already was familiar with lunching, I started completely all over again from zero Um, so when you get a new horse, I would recommend to see what they already know, um, how they learn, how quick they learn, um, and really take your time to get used to their energy. Yeah. So basically spend a lot of time just doing really nothing with your horse, just sitting with them Yeah, and having fun with them, playing with them, starting over from scratch with groundwork. And I guess, yeah, those things summarize how how you would kind of form that relationship with a new horse. I think that's really nice. We've got another question here. What are your favorite horse books? Uh, this is a hard one because I barely read any books. Um, but at the moment I'm reading the, yeah, it's from Gretje Hackford. I don't know if you know her. 
Um, she is, oh, she's very familiar here in the Netherlands. She performs um, the academic write, art of writing. Uh, and mm-hmm. she has an online platform where she also sells the book she wrote. And I currently have that book and I'm reading it. And there are so many parts and I'm like, yes, I agree. And that's something that doesn't hap- uh, happen a lot. Um, so yeah, I think that's a great, great book that I'm reading right now. Um, and I'm hoping to get my hands on, oh, what is it called? Das Gymnasium des Pferds. It's a German book, but it's so expensive. And um, so I tr- I'm trying to find it secondhand for such a long time. But every time they ask in 300 euros for that book, and I'm like, are you crazy? I'm not going to pay that for a book. Um, but I am hope to get my hands on that book and uh, read it. Um, but right now, it's the one from Geetje Hakford. Yeah, that's, yeah, some of the prices of these really well sought after books are just through the roof. I know Warwick Schiller just recommended on one of his social media platforms, the Tom Dorrance book, um, True Feel Through Horsemanship, I think it's called. And I just ordered it online for like 280 Australian. Oh my God, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I was like, there's none left. They're not printing them anymore. This is an investment. <laughs> Hopefully it'll be worth it. Okay, so before we wrap up, can you tell us what is next for you and where do you see yourself in 10 years' time? So what is your ultimate goal with horses? Um, what is next for me is what I already told before, is to teach more on location. Um, and I'm having training weekends this summer, which I'm very excited about, and I hope to do that for a very long time. Um and in 10 years, I hope to live on a bigger facility to keep more horses and train more horses um, and make the horses um, my work. Because right now, I, it's something I do next to my work. Um, so I really try to make a living out of it. Um, and I hope to build an online platform where people can uh, subscribe to um and who knows start a podcast (laughs) yes you definitely should start a podcast maybe i can be a guest on your podcast when you eventually yeah that will be fun you so should do that so can you tell us where can our guests find out more about you you can find more about me on facebook and instagram under the username at equimotions and um i have a website but it's only in dutch but if any dutch people are listening it's www.equimotions.com. Thank you so much. I will place links to those in the show notes, show notes for this episode. Thanks again so much for being here and for answering all these questions. I absolutely loved hearing what you have to say, and I'm sure that our guests will learn so much from listening to you. And if you ever come to Australia, you'll have to come and say hi and meet my horses. Yeah, yeah, I would love that. I'm actually, I really want to go to Australia because I know some great people on Instagram also that are living in Australia. So if I go there one day, I will also visit you. Yes, absolutely. It's so great, this Instagram, this social media platform, so many like-minded people connecting from all over the world. It's so great to see. So thank you once again for being here and I will hopefully connect with you again soon. Yeah, thank you for having me. 
Thanks for listening to the Horsemanship Breakthroughs podcast. Make sure you hit subscribe so you get notified every time a new episode is released. And if you've learned even just one small thing from today's show, I would really appreciate if you could leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. If you have any questions from today's show, suggestions for future episodes, or just want to reach out and say hi, I would love to connect with you on Instagram at Amalia underscore horses. Remember to also register for my free connection and communication mini course at AmaliaDempsey.com.